Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. And we are in the 11th chapter tonight. I know. Uh, who picked that song out? Wow. For the, for the, you know, especially for the 11th chapter, you know, who picked that? Oh, that was great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Um, John's method of, stel- you know, his method of telling the story uh, is, first of all, Jesus says something, it sounds quite simple. You, you, you'll see that in, in his writings, okay? You'll have, Jesus will say something, and it sounds quite simple. Uh, then people misunderstand Jesus in what he said. And then he will come back, Jesus will come back, and tell them in such terms that it can't be misunderstood. Okay, and that's what you—that's that, a technique of teaching uh, that uh, he's going to bring out as uh, about uh, Jesus tonight. Okay, um, this is the seventh and last sign. If you it, on your page behind the back of your page should have uh, the seven signs uh, on the uh, far left side up, uh, far left side on the back of your the paper that you got. You should have it, right. Okay, good. And you'll see there listed this. Uh, John only talks about uh, f- uh, seven miracles in, in the major part of the text, okay? In the major part of the text, he only talks about seven miracles, which is different than the other gospel writers because the other gospel writers have just lots of miracles that, that Jesus did. Uh, but John picks out seven, and they're quite, mostly uh, quite different. This is one of those tonight. Uh, that is... Uh, Luke, Mark, and Matthew did not record this miracle of Jesus. Now, whether they knew about it, they didn't know about it, uh, you know, those, you can argue those things to, 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 from here on in, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, that, I, there, some things there's no answer to. Me and, me and Daryl was talking a little bit before tonight. There's just some things you, you, you can't get answers for. In other words, you can ask a question that, that the text won't answer, okay? You can do that. Try not to do that, but you can do that. <laughs> okay, so there you have the, the seven signs listed there, um, and uh, this is the last of the seven signs. So uh, from now on, we'll deal with the events and those long discourses. Sometimes those can be tiring. They just go on and on on and then, then we learn, okay? All right, so, uh, th- oh, and uh, one of the things that you'll learn uh, this, and you're supposed to do really capture about God in this, is that death is not the final answer. God will have the final answer, and it will be good. And that's one of the things you'll uh, you'll uh, get out of this text. Uh, also, uh, make sure that we bring this up tonight. Everyone needs a home. 
a place to go where you're understood, where you're accepted, where there's some peace, and where you can get some rest. That was a very rare occasion for Jesus. You can imagine that. He even said one place, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. means he just didn't quite fit in places, okay? He had no resting place here because his resting place, of course, is going to be with the Father. Uh, but uh, that, that's, uh, that's another story. Uh, but uh, uh, you'll find, but for, for him, the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus was a welcome resting place. Most of the time, okay? Uh, this is not one of those occasions. Jesus is going to go to work here, okay? All right, <clears throat> let me see. Um, All right, let's start in. Let's see where we can go, all right? Uh, the, the setting. Uh, in other words, uh, the stage has to be set for this story to be told. And he'll try to set the stage. There's actually another little bit of a setting later uh, where, we, where we learn um, more about the, the lay of the land. We'll, we'll just call it that way, the lay of the land, this, the, the setting. All right? Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. Oh, I looked this up. Uh, this is House of Figs or House of Affection. And we don't know exactly what one you would pick there, okay? Or how they used it, okay? Uh, that's Bethany, okay? Uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother was Lazarus, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, he's, she's going to anoint him in the next chapter. That's in chapter 12, okay? The next chapter, uh, that, that Mary will, will uh, do that. And if you're familiar with the gospel writings, there, there is an anointing of the feet of Jesus uh, in Luke 7, um, but it's, uh, it, seemed, it appears as a prostitute off the street comes in at Simon's, uh, the, the uh, Pharisee's house and anoints his feet. It seems to be that setting. So don't mix this up with that. I don't think that'd be another study altogether, okay? Uh, but in the next, in the next chapter, uh, she will anoint Jesus, Okay. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, when you, when, you, when you say the disciple that Jesus loved, who do you usually think of? John. I do. I think, I, I think of John, good, bad, or ugly. I just think of John because why? His head was on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper. And so that's what, that's what we uh, usually equate there, okay? But if we're going to stick strictly to the text and what the text tells us, this is one, maybe one among many, that it said Jesus loved. And who is that? Lazarus, okay? 
So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. All right. Okay? That kind of gives you a little bit of feel for the setting. You got the sisters, and you got a call for him, uh, a message sent to Jesus. Okay? Uh, so, you, so you have that. Let's go to our next slide. When he heard this, Jesus says, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. Now, have we heard that before? Where'd you hear that before at, in chapter 9? A blind man. That was in chapter 9, uh, the blind man. Uh, they wanted to argue whether the blind man had sinned or his parents had sinned for him to be born blind, and Jesus says, no, he didn't get into that argument at all. He said, this is for the glory of God. Okay. And so very often, I just want to remind you, very often there's a bigger fish to fry than the one you see. Okay? All right? And I think that's one of the things that Jesus says here. No, there, there's a greater scheme involved here. Now, you may not understand it, but there's a greater scheme uh, theme, scheme involved here, okay? Let me see, uh, for the glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay. And that's the, that's the second time we've heard that, okay? Remember, this, uh, this is kind of home for him to go there. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Wow. It was, it was a call sent out by the sisters. I think they was expecting an immediate response. We'll see later, too, okay? They'll talk to you about that, or they'll talk to him about that. Okay, L, uh, L. So he, and one of the things you're supposed to get out of this is Jesus is not manipulated by anything. In other words, you have you you've seen people like that? They like got Jesus on a leech, and they'll say, "In the name of Jesus, sick him." <laughs> no, they do. You hear? You see that sometimes. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. You can't, you can't make him or get him to do anything that it isn't ready for him to do. And this is one of those situations. You're not going to get Jesus into a huff. That's your problem. It's not his. And he probably won't join into that. Okay, this you watch him now here. He's, he's comfortable, he's cautious, and he knows what he's doing. Okay. But we always think he doesn't, and he needs help. And we need to tell him and clue him in onto what's really going on. But that's not the case. All right. But Jesus hears this, and he stays there two more days. Now, there's a lot of arguments why he does this. I think the biggest argument is when he gets there, uh, and we will read this, okay? Lazarus had been dead four days, okay? And I think the message is that 
He's dead. Okay, he didn't just swoon. Okay, all right. I, I think that's the big thing here. Go ahead, Daryl. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. And, and after three days, then it would go. Then it'd be dismissed, and it'd be final. Yeah, and then that, I think that's uh, the idea here is. Really did. <laughs> I know. That's weird. But, but, but Jesus demands almost that we talk that way, because he talks that way. Okay, we're, we're going to get some more of that talk, Okay. All right, let's go to our next slide. All right. And then he said to his disciples, now this is, uh, uh, I, I think you have uh, at least three different groups here. You have the disciples to deal with, and this is now he's going to start dealing with the disciples, okay. You have Mary and Martha, the family to deal with, and then you have the Jews, uh, those that come to help mourn and that kind of thing. So I think there are three groups here to deal with. That may not be what John is really emphasizing, okay, but it's what sticks out to me as, as I read this. There are three groups, the disciples, uh, the family, Mary and Martha, and, and then uh, the Jews, okay? All right. <clears throat> uh, oh, oh, he says to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. If you remember why he left Judea, they were about to stone him. In the temple. Okay, good. Uh, about the stone him in the temple. Okay, okay. Uh, but Rabbi, again, somebody's going to help Jesus out, going to tell him how things are. Well, they do that. Yeah, they do that. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? They, they don't get none of this. I think the major theme in this text is nobody understands Jesus. Nobody understands what he's going to do. Nobody understands Jesus. And we're begged to come into that and admit we don't understand, we need to learn. They don't understand Jesus. They wanted to tell and he says to them, are there not 12 hours of the day? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, <clears throat> for they see by this world's light. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, light helps you not to stumble. We'd be up on the mountain hunting elk, you know, and we'd have a kill in the evening well, that means you're going to be out after dark because you got to cut it up, put it on the mules, take it back to camp, and all that kind of stuff. And you, and everybody get the flashlight up. That flashlight. Anyway, uh, but because we have trouble without light, and so we need that light. Uh, and and if you got light, you 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 know not to stumble. You'll see that log or. Uh, you, you'll see that pit, and you, you, won't be, you won't be stepping in it. And so uh, it, it makes sense. <clears throat> it is when a person walks at night that they stumble. And, of course, he wants to bring it across that we're, we're stumbling in, in because we don't have the light of God in our life. We don't have the light of Jesus in our life. And, and he uh, begs us to, to get that. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they uh, have no light. 
Let's go to our next one. <clears throat> After he had said this, now remember, here now people don't understand. He said this, pretty simple, pretty plain, but they don't understand. They don't get it. After <clears throat> he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Now that seems pretty simple. But no, it's not that simple. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Yeah, that's a good way. Jesus had been speaking of his death. You've heard the phrase, asleep in Jesus. Have you heard that? That's part of where it comes from here, and I think Paul uses that idea in some of his writings where you're asleep in Jesus. We, Joan and I went to, I, I think it was her father's funeral. And I was really a young Christian. And we'd, we'd, we was finished with the cemetery. It was cemetery. Valhalla up there in Belleville, I think. Okay. And, and so we finished with everything. We're walking back. And I read the tombstone. And one of the tombstones said, Asleep in Jesus. I thought, that's that's great. You know, that's great to put on the tombstones. Great. It was great to think about that kind of thing. About that time down the railroad, here come a train and it just rattled the ground. Oh, I look. <laughs> I thought maybe we were going to get up there. <laughs> I thought maybe it was going to happen there. <laughs> yeah, you. you. Uh, anyway, a sleeping G. It said, you know, being, he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. He's okay. They, that's what they think. They think, well, everything's okay. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Well, yeah, it's obvious there. So when he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, now start, <laughs> starting to soak in now. Starting to, and, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Yeah. Then Thomas, you know, he's got a better idea. Thomas. Also known as Didymus. Got two, usually they had two names, Hebrew name and a, and a Greek name. Said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Can you see he don't get this at all? He doesn't get the facts of the moment, and he doesn't get the larger scheme of things. He, he just, now, he gets to shine later, guys. He, he, we'll see him shine late in the, uh, in the gospel, okay? But, uh, but here he'll... And he thinks this is great, okay? He thinks this is brave. And it is, in many respects. It's brave. And, and, and he thinks he's using his courage. And it's true, he is using his courage. But he's just missing the boat altogether. Go ahead, Joan. Oh, yes. I hadn't got to that yet. Oh, 
Go ahead. No, 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 no. You, I didn't mean that about you saying that. No, you go ahead. Yes. Now I'm going to say something. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. And I know you're going to get other stuff. Jesus doesn't call you to die for him. He calls you to live for him. And he's missed the boat altogether. He, he, yeah, he thinks he's supposed to die with Jesus, and he's not. He's supposed to live for Jesus. Remember, he says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Okay? And here, you see, he's ready to die, but are you ready to live? That's the real question. Are you ready to live? And, and, and there are a lot of people, God forbid it be you, that's afraid of life, afraid to live that life. And they're captured by fear. Do you know the one, the first thing, not the one thing, but the first thing on the list of those who are in hell in the book of Revelation you know the number one first thing is said about them that go to hell? The what? No. No, I'm talking about those who go to hell. Those that have no courage, they're called cowards. That's the first line right there of, of a list of those that go to hell. They're cowards. They have no courage. At least he's got courage. He's got courage to die for Jesus. But that's not the question. Does he have the courage to live for Jesus? Anyway, all right. That, that, well, by the way, obviously this is the theme of the text, life versus death. Okay, death and life are put together. Let us go that we may die with him. Okay, let's go to the next... Uh, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So we got two days, and somehow we got, we got two other days uh, b before, okay? And, uh, and, there, and there he is. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting, yeah. We're, so, but, okay. And, and again, I think part of that is what Daryl mentioned a few minutes ago, is that, that, you know, this is to make sure that everybody understands that he's dead. Dead. Yeah, okay. I, uh, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Then Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. 
And that's what you would expect of them because they, they have such different personalities. Mary's a, one who would rattle the pots and pans and get everything going and who, who, who is action person. And uh, Mary is the contemplative one. She would be like, and so they're just living out their per personalities here in the Gospel of John. Okay, go to the next, uh, next slide. <clears throat> Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She can't help herself. She's going to tell you, okay? She's going to set Jesus straight here. Uh, I hope you can hear her. And she's, she's doing what? She's complaining that he didn't get here earlier. Now, why is she complaining that he didn't get here earlier? Huh? Uh, so, you, so you're saying if he had got there early, go ahead, Mike. That's it. That's it. And remember now, everyone cannot figure out what Jesus is up to here. They cannot figure out what he's up to. They, they, you were on the right path there. He's a healer, and but but her limitation was in the healing, not in the life-giving force. Okay, all right. Now, so so there there we, and what she complaining about it? If your love is so deep for us, why didn't you get here earlier? Would you could have helped us? And when it come to this, okay, yes. This is great. This is great. You're right. Yeah. Now he had. Now he had. Uh, there are several other resurrections. Uh, in in uh, I, they wouldn't hear about them or anything. There's one in Nain that uh, Luke mentions where uh, Jesus raises the little the widow's son. Oh, it's a great story. It's a great story. Wonderful story. Uh, that's a young man. And then there's a young girl who's raised. And uh, I, I like focusing on the, uh, the Mark 1 in chapter, chapter 5 where he raises a little girl. She's 12 years old. And so he raises her. Okay. So there's other resurrection, but still, you're right. That, it, that's where it's happening. It's just unheard of. None of them were dead before that. <laughs> that's, <good. laughs> that's a good point. I don't know why I never thought of that. Exactly. Oh, amen. Amen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's getting out there further. I mean, life is, is invading death. Okay, it's getting out there further. Uh, let me see. Uh, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. It sounds like she has faith. There, it sounds like she has faith. Okay? But not really. Now, I, I don't want to overdo this. I hope not. If I, if I ever, do what Joan does. If you get tired, just say, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. I want you to think, I'm going to ask this question here of the text. When she said, oh, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where is her God? And in that, in that phrase, where is her God? What are you going to say? 
in the past. In other words, God could have acted in the past. And we don't want to go down that road. Okay? And I want you to listen to Jesus now. She'll talk about God of the past. You know, like if, if I'd have started earlier. No, that's the God of the past. You can't do that now. You only have now and hopefully sometime beyond that. That's all you have. Good, bad, or ugly. Okay, but there, there she's in the, 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 the past, okay. And then she says she would believe, but she don't. She said she, whatever you ask, but you never dreamed of, which you, I, I know you brought out very well, but it hadn't been done before. You're, and Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Okay. Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. Okay. But Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now where did God go? Amen. Her God now went into the future. That is, in the future, God will act. Okay? Listen to Jesus. That's a good, that's good, that's a good idea. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And the am is a present tense. And that's the whole idea. But by I am is to affirm existence. Okay. So here. Resurrection and life is standing right in front of her. And she wants to talk about the past and then talk about the future. And what's he trying to do? Bring her into the now. Okay? Because that's the only place her help will be is in the now. All right. I am the resurrection in life. The one who believes in me will live even though he may die. Well, we get that. We're talking about eternal life here. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next. Uh, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And when she said, yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Okay, but still, her brother's in the grave, and she has not got her questions answered. Okay, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister, Mary, aside. Teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. I didn't get that in the text, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen, okay? Uh, that Jesus might ask, oh, how's Mary doing with this, or something of that nature. Uh, <clears throat> Mary uh, heard this, and she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still 
at the place where Martha had met him when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Now, uh, first of all, I want to point out our, our next group, uh, the Jews, uh, showed up. They, they come there to, to mourn with her, and you notice they're already mistaken. It's, a, it's not a big mistake, but it, but it is a mistake they're making. You know, they're supposing that Mary's going to go out to the tomb. Well, she's not. She's going to go out and see Jesus. That's where she's headed. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's go to the next uh, when Mary uh, reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's almost a quote. I mean, just... Yeah. Yeah. And they both have what? The same complaint. That if Jesus had got there earlier, he could have healed Lazarus and things would be all right. Instead, he, he waited around. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, they replied. And Jesus wept. Now, you are begged by the text to raise the question as to why Jesus weeps. What, what has moved him to tears? Wow. Amen, Phil. Uh, can you say it loud enough? You want me to go ahead and say it? Right. They're stewing in their own juices for no good reason. Now, we know the end of the story. I know we got heads up on them. I get that, okay? But, I, but we're, we're asked to understand the text. And that's what moves Jesus to tears is the predicament that we're in as human beings without faith. And I think that's what moves him. But surely you get the idea that if they understood that Jesus was really the resurrection and the life of what, what could happen here in just a moment, which does happen even, even in just a moment, uh, they wouldn't be crying. Yeah, hey, amen. Yes. And by the way, oh, go, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm Linda. You're hop on. You got the floor. <laughs> Don't go ahead. I'm wondering if both Mary and Martha thought of that and said to Jesus aloud, if you were here, my brother would not have died, so that the people around them would have had that thought on their mind, and bam, Jesus could have just met Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Amen. Amen. Okay, but, but but you get you get the idea. This is this is you know mourning. And by the way, it's not bad to mourn people. 
even if you say they're Christian, because we are, we, it is a separation. Yeah, even if it's a short time, it is a separation. And so those, those things should be mourned, okay? Um, is that a good way to say that? You should go ahead and grieve properly, okay? If you get hung up, talk to the pastor, talk to people that can help you. If you get hung up in the process, you know, uh, uh, and you need help, there's nothing wrong with that. Get some help, figure it out, move on, okay? Because you, you can do that. All right, <clears throat> that enough of that? All right. When Jesus saw that, okay, yeah. Oh, by the way, that's the shortest verse in the Bible. <laughs> I thought I'd bring that. You got you to see it. Now, yeah, 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 did you memorize a verse today? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, okay. But, okay, uh, Jesus, and, and I think Jesus is at his wit's end here. You know, he, I, I think he's at his wit's end. Uh, I, and I may be uh, misjudging that, uh, but I'm talking about the weeping here, to me, points out, because you seem we get that really abrupt, to me, it's, it's a very abrupt change in, in the, the, the movement, we'll say, of, of the story and of the text, all right? How are we doing here? Okay, we're good. All right, let's go to our next slide. Uh, how to grieve. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Again, there they go. They... What are you going to say? Here, here they go again. Uh, see how he loved him. They just got it. They got an opinion, and they just have to get it out. Have you noticed that? People have opinions. <laughs> That's not all that's so bad, Pastor, but they got to tell you about it. That's the thing. <laughs> they not only have to share, they got to share this. They got to say, I got to say that. No, you don't. Paul even said that. No, you don't have to say that. No, you don't have No. Sometimes you ought to just keep it to yourself, okay? See how he loved him. Well, okay. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There you refer back to uh, chapter 9 and the man born blind, and they're referring to that, and they say, well, that's proof that he, but, but, that's only while he is still alive. <laughs> Not now. Yeah, this, now. Okay, all bets are off now. Okay? All right. So now we, we, we are, the, the scene has, now we're at the, the graveside. Amen? All right. Uh, okay, let's go to our next deck. Okay. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with the stone laid across the entrance. Take away this. There are three commands of Jesus. I'm going to call them commands, okay? But they're three directives of Jesus in the quick re remainder of, of our story, okay? And uh, uh, to me, it, it's just an easy way to I can hang my hat on those, okay? They, they make sense to me, and it helps me. Uh, to deal with the text as a, as a whole. Okay, but he gets, what, what's the first thing he, he says? Uh, we, we're missing some text here. Did I, did I, did I misread that? Let me see. 
Did I skip a slide? Go back and see, see if I go back. 38, 36, 37. Maybe, maybe it's coming up here. <laughs> maybe I'm the ones. Maybe Jesus is crying for you too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, okay, easy now, easy guys. Let me find out here. Yeah. Okay, I think we're good here. I just I I had it switched around in my mind. Okay, we can't be doing that. All right. Let me see. Uh, did you? Okay. Okay. Jesus once more deeply moved. Came to the tomb. It was a cave. Okay. And oh, there's there's the command. Take away the stone. He said. <clears throat> but the Lord's said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. Uh, for he has been there four days. Now that's the second time we've been told that in the text. Okay, so we should, we should, we should get that uh, um, um, bad odor. And then Jesus said, did I tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? Okay. And, of course, the glory is the answer to their problems here. That's the glory of God. Okay, we'll go to the next slide. <clears throat> so they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now, the first prayer of Jesus here is what? Gratitude. Gratitude. You will never, ever get past the value of gratitude for you and for your relationship with God. Uh, now, while other people are complaining, you find something to be thankful for. While other people think that Jesus should have got here sooner, you're thankful that he arrived at all. Okay? Just, uh, and if you notice the attitude of Jesus is what? He's thankful to God. That's the first thing that comes out. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people that stand here, that they may believe that you sent me. Then he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Second Second command, Lazarus, come out. Of course, we know the answer to this, I know, but I always got to ask it. Why did he say Lazarus, come out? Why didn't he just say, come out? <laughs> everybody, everybody else would have joined in. <laughs> no, I'm not sure that's what it looked like. <laughs> you know, that would really be a learning you know, since you've done that you know, that would really be a learning thing if we, if we did a play uh, not yet, a play of the text yeah because you will really remember it then you know that kind of thing so, well, we might uh, may, maybe not <laughs> okay that's the but the, 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 the first command is remove the stone Again, remember, we're talking about life against death. For your life, you need to remove the stone. 
it holds you captive. There are things in your life you need to get out of the way because they stand in the way of life. Okay? We're going to do a little bit more of that later too. All right? But move the stone is. You want to get rid of anything that is between you and Jesus. You want to remove everything that is between you and Jesus. And if you've got stones in there, you need to... And if you need help with that, there are people around who will help you remove those stones, get those stones out of the way so that you've got that clear path to Jesus. And then the next command is what? Lazarus, come forth. And you notice he did this in a loud voice. I, I, wouldn't you love to have been there? Why next? What a day that would be. When my Jesus, I will see. A look bonus. Okay. Lazarus come out, and a dead man came out. What's that song we sing here, I'm Coming Out? Uh, yeah. Oh, I love those songs. I, just, I, I can't get enough of them, you know. I'm afraid to sing because I sing so terrible. It annoys other people, you know, but I would just love to. I, I sing it in the shower. That's what I do, you know. Because, yeah, just, just let it... Just let, it, let, it, let it out. I'm coming out, you know. Uh, and then there's one that just kind of pops up, that one of him that we sing, it just pops up, you know. <laughs> anyway, all right. But I, I like that. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth about his face. What, 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 would, what would we call those? You, you want to give them a name? I'm sorry? Yeah, grave clothes. He's wearing grave clothes. Yeah. That's, that's, what he's, uh, that's what he's got on. And here's his third command now is what? Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Preacher, I like to think about you up here on Sunday morning helping us take the grave clothes off. And that's what you need to do. You see, when you first come out, you're not dressed for life. You're dressed for death. And you've got all these trappings of death around. And, and you may not even know it. And then the church will also help you to do that. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, there's nothing like it. That's why you need to be in the church. You need to build relationships and accountability. It'll help you get the grave clothes off. It'll prepare you for life. And that's what you need. You need to be, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> well, that's part of it. That's part of it. You find your way. Early on, I'm, of course, I was a young pastor one time or another, and uh, I, dis I discovered that the church was, I called it a hard hat area. <laughs> and, I, and people say, well, what do you mean by that? It's a hard hat area. There are people under construction here. 
Amen? Oh, come on. Let's do that. Amen. Amen. Now, work in progress, and where there's construction, there's usually some flying debris. Oh, yes. Oh, no. You know them other church members aren't perfect. Oh. <laughs> it is about time you learn that. Matter of fact, they're dealing with the same stuff that you're dealing with most of the time. And they don't need your correction. Okay, just help them along when you can. You know, like a chicken coming out of an egg, don't help them too much. Don't help them too much. They, they, they do that at their own time and their, and their own progress, okay? And, and really, it, it, you will show respect for other people when you, when you realize that. Yeah. Don't be expecting them to quote the 23rd Psalm to you, okay? That takes a while. That takes a while, all right? Uh, but you can sure help in loving and tender care. You can sure help get the grave clothes off other people. And, oh, wait, okay, honey, I know, okay. All right, where are we at here? We got a couple of minutes more. We, we're not going to be able to finish this chapter, though, tonight. Okay, three commands of Jesus. Three commands. Move the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Loose him and let him go. I love that text. Loose him and let him go. See, we think people need more laws and restrictions. It's like uh, in chapter 5, the, the madman from Gadarene, they thought they needed to put chains on him and fetters on his feet and stalks and hold him down. And Jesus come along and said, well, that really ain't what he needs. What he needs is to be turned loose. And he was turned loose, and pretty soon he's in his right mind, and he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. You need to be turned loose. You don't need extra rules. You need to be turned loose for life, okay? And whatever you do, take the grave clothes off, all right? All right, let's go to the next slide, okay? Uh, Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. All right. That is just, that's just awful. That's all. You can't make anything good out of that. That's just awful. Because they know what they're doing. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. The only way that would be true is if they set, him, set Jesus up for a king, and he's not going to do that. The only way that would come true. Uh, so uh, I don't know whether they're trying to prop up some kind of a boogeyman here to get things going their way or whatever it is. I'm not sure what they're doing here, uh, but, the, but the rulers are making a major mistake here. All right, let's go to the next one. <clears throat> then one of them called Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. 
you do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this on his own, but as a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And that is true in many ways and on many sides, okay? The only thing is, uh, at the end of that, it is uh, restricted to the Jewish people, and he's going to die for the world. Uh, and if, surely you get that uh, out of John by now, that Jesus is dying for the world. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. And uh, uh, the, the people scattered around, okay, is the is Jewish people that are scattered around. They want them to come back home and establish their, their nation there is one of the things he's hoping for there. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, we got here. <clears throat> it was almost time for the Jewish Passover. Many went up from the, from the country to Jerusalem for their so, ceremonial cleansing uh, before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming uh, to the festival at all? But the chief priest and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest him. And so you see that now that this, this movement, uh, if in, the, in the next chapter, okay, Jesus will make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the Passion Week will, will begin in the next, in the next chapter. But you, but you see they're questioning, where is he? Is he coming and that kind of thing? And yeah, he's coming and he's going to make quite a stir, quite a spur splash when he gets there. All right. Is that the end of it? Boom! Verse 54. Go back uh, one. Maybe I didn't read it in the the next one. Can you go back one? 53? 54. Linda, good eye. <laughs> I always have my Bible here. I don't. I just don't trust this high tech anyway. Okay, so therefore Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region of the desert, to the village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. Uh, so his movement is is restricted. Uh, his movement is restricted um, for, for safety reasons, okay? Um, and the only thing I'd say about that, it's not a good thing to keep Jesus out of the picture. You know, not, just not a good thing. Okay, uh, the one thing I ask you to get, mm, live. This is about life. Jesus wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. The, the theme is life versus death. Okay? So you, you, you would naturally stay away from the things that make for death and go with the things that make for life. 
Very often I'll tell somebody that uh, maybe has to take rehab or something like that. I said, well, do it properly because we want to do this a long time. And I mean it. I mean it. Uh, do, do what it takes so that you can do this for a long time, okay? And that is live. All right? Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love for us as demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the time that John took to write all this down and, and for the work that he had to do to arrange it for us to understand. But we are deeply thankful for that. And Lord, it blesses our hearts. It blesses our lives. Help us to live for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.